Welcome to Design Thinking Games, a gaming and user experience podcast. Card-carrying UXers Tim Broadwater and Michael Schofield examine the player experience of board games, pen and paper role-playing games, live action games, and video games. Play through the backlog on your podcatcher of choice and on the web at designthinkinggames.com. In the beginning, there were rocks. And then when those rocks were broken up, they became the quarry. Specifically broken up by Septimus Hackett. I, I think that <laughs> might have been his name. I forget his uh, – is something stodgy like that, right? Yeah. It was totally Septimus Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should just preface this entire thing. So those those of you who have um, joined us for this uh, – Journey on the long haul. Know that Tim and I really love these. It's like super uh, I was going to say super massive style, but literally made by super massive um, uh, choose your own adventure style games. Um, yeah, we've talked uh, thoroughly about the Dark Pictures anthology. I think all of them that have come out so far, um, and a whole bunch of others. The Quarry just released. I think in the last seven days, like recently in the last uh, week or the two. Tenth. June 10th is when it dropped. June 10th. Tim and I have beaten it. We're probably just going to go spoiler, spoiler in um, real soon. Um, yeah, I don't care. We can spoiler cast. I cared before, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> we, we don't care anymore. Look, it's like when you lose everything at the end, <laughs> it's like you... <laughs> Like <laughs> the, the things that you hold dear are just cast aside. The Quarry is uh, the latest uh, supermassive game, supermassive who made Until Dawn. Um, again, all the dark picture anthologies. Nana Madon, Little Nana Hope, Madon, House Little of Ashes. Hope, House of Ashes. Um, it is a choose your own adventure style of game. The specific mechanics tend to be uh, choosing dialogue and quick time events. But it is kind of like a master class in um, yeah. s- branching scripts, decision trees, what-if scenarios. And the idea is that you know you are tell- helping tell the story or helping narrate the story of often five-plus different characters. And all the choices you make have like truly like thorough like ending. So... It's interesting to me that Supermassive, they don't have a market on this game. There are other games Mm. that are similar that are, you know, there's some parts that are like interviewee, conversation-y stuff that, you know, uh, I would say that Mass Effect or Horizon Forbidden Dawn have. Um, There's also similar games that are like Detroit Being Human or um, uh, The Wolf Among Us. It's the wolf among us. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So then, so that's, they don't have the supermarket on it or the market on it or the stock market on it or whatever market you want to say. Um, but I will say when it comes to the feeling that you are in an interactive horror movie. Yeah. Super massive has it down, man. And, um, and how it works to some degree is that 
You control a cast of players or characters. You can make decision tree conversation choices, which kind of reflect, like, is your character an asshole? Is he nice? Is there love interest? You know, things like that. In addition to, as you search the world, you can kind of uncover clues Mm-hmm. which unlock story paths. If you don't search and you just power through the game, there's a lot of paths that um, are, are locked, locked off to you. But then in addition to that, when you're in the moments of scary horror filmness, there are skill checks or quick action checks. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the combination of you're piloting a cast of characters in a horror movie you choose how you want them to interact and be portrayed and what their personalities are like and then how much you want to explore and how you respond to stressful quick actions all sculpt this very specific web that is subjective Mm -hmm. to you the player playing at that time there's multiple different types of endings everyone can die Um, it is possible to where you can come out at the end, that that it ends prematurely, um, but all of these games kind of have like a six to ten hour cap on them, right? Because it's like an actual movie that plays out, right? A miniseries, maybe, right? Like uh, the um, I forgot about like when I when I was kind of going over like the mechanics. Uh, what are the mechanics of the game? Choose, some, make some choices, choose some dialogue, play some quick time events. I kind of forgot about the wander around slowly at walking speed um, and searching every kind of like nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was thinking about that kind of like a lot as a gameplay mechanic because there are um, uh, like on the surface there are a couple of reasons I think that this kind of gameplay um, could be a little bit of obnoxious. It has what is uh, effectively like a stilted control that I that that I think of as like old school Resident Evil where the camera is like fixed sometimes it's behind the character but sometimes it's fixed in place like in the room right and you have to kind of like navigate around and you have to kind of like wander around but what I've decided is that what this makes you do even if there's not a whole lot to do you know you can wander a little bit off path and find something um, like a tarot card Um, what it makes you do is like really pay close attention to the screen because you can't just walk to the next um the easy you can't uh, i'm actually you can but like in this case you're not just walking to the next cutscene. you are uh, meticulously walking to the next cutscene, which makes like the jump scare or the horror or the cutscene just that much more impactful so it's scripted very much like a like a series it makes me think of like the like you could map this and probably watch this in movie mode over like six to 10 hours. And you would, it'd be maybe a similar experience to like house of like a, like what is it like the, the haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix or Hill house, or even like a stranger things. Um, you know what the camera angle also makes me think of? It, it makes me think of, it's, it's a director choice. Like it yeah. is. You know, there are some places where you want the camera behind the character for that suspense, but there are other places where, like a horror movie, um, which is, you know, kind of very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, we put the camera in the bushes and you're watching mm-hmm. the people from afar to create, like, am I being watched? Am I? But then there are places to where you're going through a haunting 
or creepy kind of stairway or maybe like cellar and the camera's fixed in a corner. So you can kind of get an understanding of the space. So it's really, it's that director cinematography shot kind of thing. Design Thinking Games is a proud affiliate of Hunt a Killer. Enter the world of Hunt a Killer in their newest murder mystery season, Mallory Rock. This realistic murder mystery game delivers high quality, handcrafted evidence that brings a fictional case to life. Can you solve a mystery with Hunt a Killer? Go to designthinkinggames.com slash huntakiller or click on the banner at the bottom of our website. It's a very artful, it's like, you know, the, the, the art director really had their, like their hand on this, uh, entire game. It's a very directed gameplay, um, which is great. Like, I mean, like, you know, there's a reason that you and I love these games, right? You know, like the story is good. It feels your own. You feel, you know, we were talking about this with like the house of ashes where like the core narrator throughout each of them is this, um, this like, uh, antiquarian or librarian style character that you pointed out is potentially potentially literally the character of death um but he this kind of like it's different though with the other two well and then you are backed out um Mm -hmm. with this narrator you know (laughs) i think narrator is a good word because it's used differently in different ones but yes like narrator is a good word well, that whole mechanic like really kind of makes you feel at fault. Um, like there, there's there's on one hand, it's like, oh, shit, you missed a quick time event. You broke your leg or, or something like that. But when you kind of abstract out to the narrator and you are no longer really these other characters, you're responsible for their fate. It just like makes like your poor choices even more impactful. Like, ooh, I didn't break my leg. I broke her leg. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, One thing I'll say that is interesting that Supermassive is doing here is that they have Until Dawn, who came out like 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have since then the the dark anthologies or dark picture anthologies, which is, you know, kind of Man of Madon, Haunted Boat. Um, You have Little Hope, Haunted Town. And then you have (laughs) House of Ashes, Haunted Crypt and... uh, the Middle East, right? And yeah. then there's a fourth one that's coming out, and we know that from what we're talking about it, that that is a, an encapsulated season. They're calling that season one. And there's yeah. already clues in those first three games that how the games are related. And so there is definitely kind of a American horror story kind of feel to where like, hey, all of our stories are related, and we all have the same actors per- portraying the roles. We just mm-hmm. how kind of changing it up. However, um, in those, you're right, there is the narrator who is kind of like death and he is the person who he is the same person in all of man of madon however the difference here is with until dawn and with um the quarry this narrator character is um a part of the story they're not outside yeah, of it. yeah. so in until dawn um you the entire time between sessions are talking to dr hill and I know you haven't played until dawn, Mike, right. but Dr. Hill, um, and this is sorry, spoiler alerts from eight years ago. 
essentially you kind of find out is he is a therapist and you know that because you're meeting with him in his office and he's talks to you like a therapist does um but you kind of find out um well maybe not a spoiler alert that oh he is indeed a therapist of one of the people who's a member of the cast that you're controlling and it does not reveal it until the very end who he's kind of talking to and how he's dealing with um all of that right and so like in the quarry um and i will say this and spoiler alerts cut out whatever i on my first playthrough had uh I uncovered the whole story. I know everything that's going on. I got all of the clues. I got all of the evidence. So there is nothing to where like it prematurely ended and I didn't figure out what was really going on. I got the whole story. Um, so I understand. Now I had seven counselors die. Oh. <laughs> and then one of them, um, and then one of them, you know, not spoiler alert, like something bad happened to one and only one survived. But the narrator person in the quarry, who is this fortune teller woman that you were working with, I know how she relates to the story. And I know kind of what her ending is. And I know who kind of I am who is talking to her. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if how much of the story you uncovered. You may have got the whole story, too. I don't know. Well, we should talk about it. So, like, so the quarry, the, 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 whole, the whole idea of the quarry, right, is... Um, some are kind of, uh, it's almost it's it's we we open kind of uh, just at summertime, the day the night before, like I think like a whole twenty four hours before camp starts. Um, the conceit is that um, camp Hackett's Quarry, right? Camp Hackett's Quarry, yeah, Hackett's Quarry. And what is the motto, Tim? <laughs> What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's a terrifying, like, real life, like, motto. Um, That's summer camp, bitch. That is summer camp. The, um, yeah, exactly. The, um, you know, of course, like, the idea is that, like, there are camp counselors who are going to have, like, you know, a great summer. There will be, like, summer flings, you know. Um, they're the counselors, of course, and so there's, like, other kids there. You control nine camp counselors, essentially. A well-designed war game is hard to make, but if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know we stand hell let loose. This realistic, immersive World War II shooter that not only requires that you play well, but that your squad plays well together. And well with other squads. There's no HUD, there are no scopes, one shot, and you're down if you can't fortify, flank, and suppress as a team, you lose. And because of that, in my opinion, Hell at Loose deserves many game awards. If that rings true, and you want to help the show, consider downloading it through Gamersgate. No, not that Gamersgate. The Gamersgate that came before the controversy that hijacked the name. Gamersgate is the world's largest online store for PC and Mac games, more than 4,500 of them. And if you download Hell Let Loose or another game through designthinkinggames.com slash Gamersgate, it'll help us keep the lights on. I'll see you on the beach.
and all the kids are absolute dicks, right? Because like without without like just like saying okay to authority, like they've put everyone in danger, including themselves. But this is I totally understand Jason Voorhees now and why he just fucking goes sees blood and sees red and kills camp counselors because they're all shitty. They're like the horrible like people. They make the worst decisions. They're awkward, and then they they're self serving, and they're just like teens who are asshole dicks. So the fact that I came out in the end with seven dead counselors and one surviving, I was just like, eh, I don't which, feel so bad. Uh, which counselor did you make? Did you make it? Oh, uh, the geeky artist girl is the one who survived. Abigail. Yeah. The geeky artist girl. Did she? And then, and everyone else died. So what about you? What was the ending like for you? I, I came out a little, I want to, I want to talk about my journey here. So like, <laughs> um, I came out with more survivors than you. Um, I found that the way I you said Abigail in such a way that made it like why she should be dead (laughs) why is she like I mean she's the only one like what happened to like Emma the girl like uh, they they survived together in my story so then I must ask you before you get to like your death in the ending like did you have any love I no not really no I had a kiss I didn't get the gay kiss. I got. I think um, there's so, possible for two gay kisses, as well as there's a possible for a lesbian kiss, a gay kiss, and I think there's a possibility for like a hetero kiss too. So or two hetero for, kisses. So let's talk about romance because there, there were definitely like in my game there was definitely a few um, romances they were trying to put up. A couple of them I was actually shipping. So one was like the Abigail Nick romance. That didn't have a that didn't have a lot of time to mature. But then there's also Emma and I, I'm gonna, I think her name is Emma. Emma and Jacob. Jacob is the jock. Um, they had a summer fling. Jacob's not ready to let it go. Emma's like, hey, man, we had a good time. But she doesn't seem like necessarily like a bad person, um, especially as you go. But it's a summer fling that she has decided is over. Jacob doesn't like it. So you didn't have a Ryan Dillon kind of thing? I had, I had Ryan Dillon. I was shipping Ryan and Dillon. I, they never got a kiss, though. Um, no. But they were always like, I, I was playing them like that together, but I never got any romance option. I got Abigail and Nick to kiss. What about um, Abigail and Emma? No, that that was not even an inkling. I don't know. Like when you first come on Abigail, she has pictures in her book that I believe she's drawing that are literally of Emma. Yeah, she's yeah. Because- drawing, uh, Emma. And then there's like these places where Emma's trying to push him to like you should get with Nick you should get with Nick and it's kind of like no I want to be with you you know so I didn't know no I didn't like I mean I should have picked up on that bait but no I um I I totally like missed that entire thing so there was there was no Abigail Emma um and I was I really wanted like Caitlin who was like this uh like, uh, the, the, I think clearly the most competent person um, there. Her death pissed me off so much, but yeah. Well, saying she died for me too. Um, and But she didn't have any romantic interest. She seemed to be into like Ryan, but because I was shipping Ryan and Dylan, that was the thing that was going on. When I first interacted with the crow and you know, you're walking around and you're like crow and you hear it and then you start looking for it and then you see them. Yeah. But because wow. I could interact with the crow, Every time later in the game, when I heard a crow, I'm like, oh, shit, this wanted me to look at something or want me to Mm. investigate something. And I did because they were 
it helped me find the reason that I found all of the clues and all the evidence and all the tarot cards is because I was conscious of the sound of the crow because I found out early in the game that I can interact it. And it's funny because I had to shoot away. The, the crows were helping you out because the conceit is like, you know, the, this this lady, this narrator you're talking to, um, she has crows everywhere, right? And so um, like all around her. So I think I wonder if... On my next playthrough, I'm going to pay attention to because I bet those crows are yeah. like her. So helping. here's the other thing. When you are talking to her and you pause the game, it shows her face and she's just looking weird. Yeah. When you are not, when you are in the menu system and you are looking, it's the crow. You see a crow and not someone's face. You know how it shows on the pause, you awkwardly look at someone's face. Interesting. And it just shows them doing like this and they're looking back and forth. Um, and then you can kind of go in the pause menu and see, read clues and do stuff. Mm -hmm. When you are on her or in menus, you see a crow. So she's like, I was like, oh, she's the mother of crows and she's seeing through the crow's eyes or she's like, yeah, you're doing her bidding or she's, is she also helping me? Because every time a crow, I felt like she was helping me. It's like, well, she kind of has been with the crows because she's been leading me all these clues and cards and evidence and stuff. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Like, um, my relationship with her was super suspicious. I, I miss the crows. And so when she's like, look how much I've helped you, I'm like, bitch. That's interesting then. Yeah. So then we had definitely two very different experiences. Design Thinking Games is an affiliate of Space Engineers. Space Engineers is a sandbox game about engineering, construction, exploration, and survival in space and on planets. To find out more about Space Engineers or its new DLC, Warfare 2, go to designthinkinggames.com slash spaceengineers, or just go to our website and click on the banner. One of the things that I like about Until Dawn and Quarry versus the Dark Pithers Anthology, the Dark Pithers Anthology, as you go, the story keeps morphing and it's like layers of an onion that you're peeling back and you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't booty pirates. You know, this isn't just a haunted ship. This isn't just chemical warfare. You know what I mean? Or something yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever layers you want for any of the other ones. This one, the story is the same. The story doesn't ever really change. You're just getting like, can you get pieces of the story to know what's going on? And then depending on, I, uh, there's, I don't think that there's any way possible to get every single card, every piece of evidence and save everyone on, on a perfect playthrough. However, I don't know if that's even possible um, yeah. without having to like replay and then explore and check. And I'm telling you, man, I look at everything. Um, and of all the paths that were available, only three paths I, were not available to me based on decisions I made. And, and then when I look at the numbers of how many clues I got and how many pieces of evidence and how many tarot cards, I'm like, dude, I have to choose those other three paths to mm -hmm. be able to get those other cards. So it's no way, there's no way possible to do this on a single playthrough. There is no perfect playthrough, right? And I think that's the thing yeah. that I think you get with Dark Pictures anthologies is that there is a perfect playthrough. 
But here and until Don and Corey, I don't think there is a perfect playthrough. You're just going to get different stories and, and different versions, you know. There's a, there, there's a different play. There's definitely a playthrough where you can get where everyone can all counselors can survive. I believe that there's a playthrough for that for the Corey as well. Because they're so subjective, dude. Like what you get and what you experience is very different than what I experience. Yeah, what I was going to say is like, you know, they have the mechanics that like tie you close to the game or, or really suck your attention in. Like the the kind of difficult walking um, is, and kind of like wandering around looking for clues forces you to really invest yourself. They have these like cool things here um, uh, just in the playing of the game itself, but... The other like really strong quality here is kind of like the hallway chatter, like after you play or during, or when you play when you play the game. The fact that you and I have extremely different experiences here um, is part of the design of the quarry, right? It's des- like they they put something together that uh, that spurns conversation, which I think is key to super massive success in this space. Like the the reason they keep they keep on coming back isn't just because. That's all they can make, right? It's because these are super successful. Mm-hmm. So you, when you beat the game, you unlock an ability to kind of like rewind deaths, which I think is going to be kind of interesting. You can do like three per playthrough. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I want to, I'm curious about, and I wish I would have fired up the quarry before you and I talked because I wanted to see, was that after you beat House of Ashes, you can then go play the other characters paths so like while you go on narrative you go on path a um Mm -hmm. as character as a specific character in the playthrough the entire other path like what were the players doing who stayed back at camp you Mm -hmm. know like what was their path or whatever that you can play and i wonder if the quarry is designed like that too i don't think that was true in like man of badan or little hope but like i'm also interested in the movie mode which is like it's like yeah what is that well, yeah. the movie mode lets you choose, let it run, and it'll be randomly configured, and what happens, happens. Or you can set up presets, um, like a settings, and then configure it, and then let the movie run. Wow. And so, And then, so all of your, if you think about the gameplay, like... Okay, take out all the walking, <laughs> and all the reading, and all the interacting, and you're just watching the movie... Yeah. Um, it's probably a two hour movie. Like it probably doesn't take long at all. Um, yeah. And, but like the director's already said, like in the, about the game, it's like, Oh, the movie's going to be different every time you play it. Like there's no core story that is like, Hey, this is the, this Amazing. is the core movie. Um, we'll randomly choose stuff every time you watch it and it'll be different. Or you can go into settings and say like, I want this character to be an asshole or I want this character to do that or be yeah. weak or coward and then play the movie. Um, so I'm interested in like just the movie, but there's a, this is, this is kind of an interesting thing that we didn't talk about before when we've talked about all these previous episodes. And I'm super excited for the devil within or the devil inside or whatever the next, I can't even think of the name of the next dark pictures anthologies of film is, which comes out this year. There's a thing about video gaming and there's a completionist gamer who's like, I want to get all the objects or I want to unlock all the trophies or I want to complete all the side quests or ready. Mm-hmm. But this game will never be that. This game will never, you can't have a perfect playthrough. You'll never have a perfect unlock. You'll never, you know, there will always be tough decisions and to get them, you have to make 
like bad decisions or crazy decisions or so there's no mm-hmm. the thing about this that could bug people potentially or this type of game is that this is not a completionist game this is not the perfect playthrough this is going to be truly subjective every single time and there's never going to be a similar playthrough and so that may not sit well with some gamers or that's maybe not the player experience that some people want there's a sort of like a design pattern um, that I that you just made me think of uh, that I remember like a uh, being just kind of like a cornerstone of like how I've been like making apps and stuff in my in my short time here on this planet, and it's called uh, the Zigarnik effect. Uh, the, and the Zigarnik effect describes the the drive or almost like the gravitational pull you feel when you begin a process but do not finish it in like web design the classic example here is one of those forms that um uh that kind of like it's like maybe one or two fields long and then as you engage them the form expands revealing that ah in fact it's 10 questions long or something like this um but the kind of like pattern of having say like a subscription form where you need your name and your email um a user is much more likely to be able to choose to subscribe to a newsletter because it's only two steps right put in two fields da 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 but what you can do if you wanted to capture more and this is the zigarnik effect in practice is that you can do it so that once they type in their name then they type in their email the next questions descend and it is unlikely that the user who has already decided to begin the process will abandon the process um, in the middle of it they'll finish it so one of the things that like uh, like supermassive does here really well is i think uh was like with this term like the zagarnik effect in mind is because it's deliberately not you're, you're, you're not able to, there's no perfect playthrough. Um, every, and like the ending experience of every single playthrough is one that is going to feel incomplete. It relies on kind of that, uh, that design pattern to make you want to go back to play it again because there is, the, there is the promise of completionism over time. Like, you know, you can play Mass Effect like three or four times to get all the endings. You know, how many times does it take to play the quarry to get all of the endings? And then ultimately, you know, like just to take this like one step further, why, why other than for funsies, would like Supermassive want to create games that really like rely on this? Um, well, it's because the more you replay a game, of course, the more you talk about it, the, but the li- less likely you are to like trade it back in right and like dilute the market Um, yeah so i think supermassive games and maybe they do and i just haven't done it before um i know that detroit being human lets you do this is you could go by chapter to chapter and you could fix it you could find everything yeah fix it but i mean you could change your decisions you could find things and then your permanent record or how it's permanently recorded changes i'm assuming i have you gone back and played any of the house of ashes games yeah, I went back and I played Man of Badan and Little Hope, um, and I have not gone back and played uh, House of Ashes. House of Ashes. House of Ashes is the game, right? Dark, yeah, so I haven't gone back and replayed House of Ashes, except for one scene where I'm playing as the totally different person, which was. So does that do games. what you're saying? Does it fill out the complete? Yeah, you the, find yeah. all the evidence. You get all the cards. You found all the things. 
I, I think there's a you you complete the game like when you get all the paths and you have all the trophies, right? But it requires three playthroughs to do plus, right? Or playing through yeah. each chapter or three so, chapters or, or so. So for me, yeah, going through Little Hope, I chose different things and I got a different ending. Um, and I got more things. It's just at that time the promise of the the, the promise of uh the reward for playing again seemed much smaller. I did not get the sense that the game would be drastically different from the first two playthroughs. And I only had a few collector's items I was missing that I just didn't care to go back through. Now, like if like, I I think house of ashes tried to one up this because like I said, you can go back and play the same characters with different paths, but then you can play the other characters too, that weren't even an option for you in the first playthrough. So again, more playthrough potential there. And I wonder if the quarry just, you know, did that exponentially on its own too. Um, Speaking of that Zagarnik effect you're talking about, if it does postulate that people remember unfinished or uninterrupted tasks better than completed ones, I have no desire to get all the trophies in like Mm -hmm. this certain game or collect all the things in this game. However, I do in the super massive games. I want to know the story. I want to get a better score. I want to find out more about the story. And I do agree with you that I think they do that very well, um, that the replay value is is they know what they're doing. It's like reading a book halfway and then just abandoning it. You're like, oh, <laughs> like, well, it's like the yeah. pick a path book, which is this kind of yeah. like, but very complex and, and different. But but it's to where like when you get a premature ending, you want to complete. But you will remember that you did not go open the treehouse cellar yeah. versus investigating the duffel bag because then you will know not you know, what happened you know we will be back here in october man october of this year we will be back to have this discussion kind of again with the I devil and me yeah yeah i was gonna say it's like roll back uh, to our roll back through our backlog um and listen to our episode about sequels <laughs> um and while you're at it uh smash that like at star heart and favorite um uh this episode on your or this podcast on your podcatcher of choice that helps us to tease the algorithm in the sky to sprinkle its sweet manna all over us um we offer super affordable like advertising you may have heard like an excellent ad here uh, earlier in the mid roll um we compose them ourselves we make you look good um and it's super affordable the cost of like a fancy coffee or a couple of them in a week and um you get a custom-made design thinking games advertisement for you. Um, We have a Patreon uh, where we post these things ad-free and we post them early. Um, You can go to patreon.com slash design thinking games and we're on all the social medias. Look for us there. You'll find it. And just remember, (laughs) what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Thank you for listening to the Design Thinking Games podcast. You only have so much time, and it means a lot you shared it with us. To connect with your hosts, Michael or Tim, visit Design Thinking Games on TikTok, Twitch, and Twitter. DMs are open. You can also check out designthinkinggames.com, where you can request topics, ask questions, or see what else is going on. Until next time, game on.